On the morning of Thursday, November 14, 2019, a 16-year-old named Nathaniel Burhow walked into the bustling quad area of Saugus High School in Santa Clarita, California, just as classes were about to commence for the day, and brandished a 45 caliber handgun he had concealed in his backpack and opened fire on his classmates. Over the course of the next 16 seconds, Burhau emptied his weapon, which held six rounds, each one of them having found a target. The entirety of the shooting was captured on campus surveillance. As of this recording, the names of the victims have not been released, but the name of the shooter was provided to various news outlets by students at the school. But Burhau has not been officially named by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department as the shooter. Two students were killed a 16-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy. Three were injured, a 15-year-old girl, a 14-year-old girl, and a 14-year-old boy. The last bullet was used by Burhau to shoot himself in the head. He was pronounced brain dead when he arrived at the hospital yesterday, and I'm not clear as to whether or not he's been taken off life support, but he was not going to recover from the injuries he sustained as a result of that self-inflicted gunshot wound. Nathaniel Berthal turned 16 yesterday. He committed this shooting on his birthday. Like so many times before, as the early reports trickled out, there was a lot of false information being spread, including information about Burhau's intent being posted on his Instagram that read, Sagas, have fun at school tomorrow. But the account which was investigated turned out to either not have belonged to him or it was hacked, or the owner of the account was someone else entirely, and it was all indicated that it was a joke. The media also reported that three students were killed, and that would have included the shooter, but he was not dead. By yesterday afternoon, he was still alive, but in grave condition. The school, including schools in the surrounding area, were placed on lockdown when law enforcement were under the impression or were given information that the shooter had fled the campus, which was also wrong. Sheriff's deputies spent about an hour searching some brush areas behind the school, as well as some backyards of nearby homes when they were finally able to determine that the shooter never left the campus. All schools in the district are closed today, which is Friday, November 15th. The first persons to arrive at the scene of the shooting were all off-duty law enforcement personnel. The first was a deputy with the Santa Clarita Sheriff's Station, Detective Daniel Finn, who had just dropped off his child as the school shooting began. He soon noticed kids fleeing the school as he was driving off, which caused him to turn around and head back to the campus, and he became the first member of law enforcement on the scene less than a minute after the shooting began. One Inglewood police officer and one LAPD officer, both off-duty, both nearby, also hurried to the school upon getting word of the shooting. The Berthouse home, located a few miles away from the school, was searched by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, along with the ATF and the FBI. More guns were recovered from the home, and a picture of a troubled family dynamic began to emerge. Berthouse was described as Asian. He was said to be generally quiet and had been a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout. His parents had been locked in a contentious custody battle over him, which had apparently been resolved sometime in 2016. 
It was during that time that Berthal's dad had been taken in for an involuntary mental health hold, at which time several firearms were confiscated from the home and subsequently destroyed by the sheriff's department. Following that involuntary hospitalization, Berthal's father was prohibited from making any further firearms purchases within the state of California. At least he would not have been able to do so legally. Burhau's mom and girlfriend have both been taken into the sheriff's department and questioned. And one of the big questions looming is how the 16-year-old got his hands on the weapon, but also how many weapons were left in the home following the seizure of those other weapons. Now, Burhau's father, Mark, had passed away almost two years ago on December 5th, 2017, at the age of 55. And as far as I've been able to find, he was the only prohibited purchaser. His mom, with whom Burhau lived, would have been able to purchase and have guns in her home legally. So it's a matter of how Burhau had access to the gun, if she had purchased a gun for him, as he would have been too young to make the purchase himself. And in terms of his father's death, friends and neighbors of the family said that Burhau had always been a nice and pleasant kid. He was kind and respectful, but they did notice that something changed following his father's passing. His dad died as a result of cardiac arrest, which had apparently been hastened by years of chronic alcoholism. Nathan Burhau, only 14 years old at the time of his dad's death, was the one who discovered his body. According to Mark Burhau's obituary, he was survived by his wife, Mami Matsura, who is Japanese, and children, Samantha and Nathaniel. It was discovered that Burhau's parents filed for divorce in August of 2016, with his mom referred to as the one who filed for the divorce, and she also filed for custody. There was an incident in 2015 where Burhau's father was arrested for domestic violence, but those charges were subsequently dropped. Are those reasons or motives or excuses? Perhaps. I don't know. Lots of kids go through similar things. If you had the chance to listen to our most recent Patreon bonus entitled Getting Away with Murder, I discussed the case of Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy and her involvement in pressuring Conrad into committing suicide. And we followed that up with the case of Jandra Brown, who wasn't so much pressured by her friend Tyrell Presbition, but more like helped through the process of committing suicide. I mentioned towards the end of the episode that if you see a change in your child, especially following a potentially triggering event like the death of a parent, that those changes should not be ignored. There is nothing that indicated what may have motivated Burhau just yet. There had been no threats made towards the school. There was no indication who was doing this for some sort of cause or group or ideology, nor does it look like anyone else conspired with him to commit the shooting. Now, I haven't done too many of these breaking news episodes just due to time constraints, but this particular shooting, having happened just after I had spent a couple weeks researching the Patreon bonus I referred to a moment ago involving teenage suicide, I felt like it would be best if I addressed the issue with everyone and not just on Patreon. I really don't care for all the media who come and talk to the parents and students and ask them questions about the incident because a lot of times it's not even certain how much of what they have to say on the spot is true or accurate. But there's also false information that gets spread as well. 
However, a couple of students who did say that they were friends or had been friends with Burhaus said that they saw changes in him. One friend said that he had not been acting like himself. He seemed a little bit more down, a little bit more depressed. But what was bothering him? He didn't know and he didn't ask. And at the same time, others have said that in their recent interactions with Burhau, there were no flags. They had no idea that he was going through any kind of pain or struggling with any kind of depression. They said he had been close with his dad, with whom he grew up hunting with. And as far as anyone knew, his mom was very loving and caring. But remember, just a few minutes ago, I told you that Burhau's dad died of cardiac arrest associated with alcoholism. And dad had at least once been arrested for domestic violence and had been placed in an involuntary psychiatric hold and was no longer eligible to purchase guns in the state of California. Did people in their lives, neighbors or friends or family know about these troubling details in their background? If people are saying they saw no red flags, then maybe the answer is no, they didn't know. So they would not have been looking for any warning signs. And perhaps the Burhau family was hiding all of this stuff. We keep telling ourselves they never would, they never could, they weren't the type of person to do such a thing. Well, it's becoming more and more apparent that, yeah, they could possibly, they would possibly, and they might just be the type of person to do such a thing. And therein lies the problem, which we had addressed in the Patreon bonus, not acknowledging the warning signs and the red flags. If you're in a relationship wrought with domestic violence, if your spouse had been taken into custody for domestic abuse, if someone in your home had been placed on an involuntary mental health hold, if that person subsequently dies as a result of years of chronic alcoholism, look at your child and see how much or how little these experiences are having an impact on them emotionally. And if guns and hunting and gun ownership has been a part of the family experience, then for God's sakes, lock your weapons up. I'm not going to sit here and engage in the gun debate. This is not the forum for that. But as a parent, if you even have the slightest inkling that something might be causing your child pain, even if they aren't showing it or are telling you that they're fine, you know your child best. If they've had some trauma, just like Nathaniel Burhau obviously had in the two years leading up to the shooting, There is obviously so much that can be done if your child is telling you that there's nothing wrong, but you can be safer and wiser when it comes to being a gun owner. Of course, there are more issues than just easy access to guns, but that is something that can be controlled at least within your own home when it comes to your own children. I've spoken about it before that I felt the same way about Adam Lanza's mom where it was clear that Lanza had some mental illness going on with him. Many described him as troubled, and he had been diagnosed with Asperger's. Yet he had access to his mom's guns, and she was described as having been a longtime gun enthusiast who took Lanza with her to the shooting range. And to me, it's clear that Adam Lanza, the Sandy Hook shooter, should not have had such easy access to guns. Incidentally, there was a school shooting in Russia yesterday, too, at a college in a city that I've tried several times to pronounce, and I can't, but it's located near the border of China. In that incident, the shooter was a 19-year-old. 
He killed one student. He wounded three more before taking his own life. School shootings are often thought of as an American problem, and there is no doubt that it is, but there has been a rise in violence on school campuses in Russia in recent years. And because this is out of Russia, there's not very much information about this shooting other than the fact that it took place. The shooting at Sagas High School in Santa Clarita, California, was another school shooting in America, but it was also another teenage suicide, which we literally just talked about on Patreon. And if you're not a subscriber at the $5 and above tiers, then you haven't heard it. But I'll share a portion of what I had to say about teenagers and suicide. The only thing that we can do as parents is take the changes that we are noticing in our children more seriously. Step back and see the vulnerability for what it is. Because it may only take one more seemingly insignificant thing to send them over the edge and you'll have no idea because you weren't looking or noticing how much pain your child was actually in. And if you have guns in your home, take precautions to make sure that your children don't have access to them. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great weekend. Until then, sweet dreams.